Hello and welcome to Top, the open podcast podcast. Your hosts, Matthias and Wolfgang, will guide you through the ecosystem and the tools and services which make podcasting work. And they'll talk about their open source platform for podcast analytics. Let's dive right in. Wolfgang, how's it going? It's Monday morning, but besides of that, it's quite okay. But it's a great Monday morning because we are back with our podcast. Today we got a really special episode for you because we were wondering why does something like Google Analytics not exist for podcasts? That's a huge topic. And the question is also, do you need something like that? What is Google Analytics even and where to start? I guess we should start back in the 90s because this is when analytics came up for the first time because we had the World Wide Web. You've been there, Wolfgang. How was it in the 90s? Indeed, it was really a great time in the 90s. I had my first web page and it was a catalog of free services online. And I also had one category and the category was called counters. So how to get free counters. And that was mainly a small image that you could implement on your website. And it just showed the number of visitors. That was the analytics part in the 90s. And then there were really cool new players on the market and they offered you already more information about the, the visitors, like referrers or the country where the visitors were from. So that was then really cool. You had kind of analytics and the, and the small dashboard of your visitors. That was really cool. So that was the beginning of Google Analytics, I guess. I can still remember those GIF counters that you had on the page and they were colored in all sorts of colors. And it was so nice to see the number go up, even though it meant nothing and you wouldn't even know where it came from. Yeah, those were the early days. And I also can remember that I had my first website around that time and it was a very prominent banner so that everyone would know how many people showed up. Actually, what happened to guest books? That's something that completely got uh, killed off by, for some reason. But yeah, that was a good time as well. There was also a category guest books where, that you can get free guest book services, of course, for your website on my on my website back in the days. But where are we today? What What can Google Analytics or modern analytics software provide? So we both worked at Trivago and... I was in the monitoring team or website performance team, whatever you want to call it. And one of the things that was our bread and butter was metrics, logs, and measurements. And yeah, Trivago, like many other websites, also used Google Analytics. And you were able to get a lot of information from your users, not private information, but more or less browser and browsing information through JavaScript trackers which you included into your website and they would asynchronously send information to Google and create dashboards for you. And to some extent, that was amazing because you were able to see a lot more for the first time. Later on, there were things like Hotjar, which went one step further and they allowed you to even see the movements of your users on your page. This is where you enter the danger zone, I would say. That's right around the threshold that you don't want to cross, I guess, because you want to make sure that your users also feel comfortable sharing this information. That's kind of important. But yeah, today's standard is JavaScript tracking. And with JavaScript, you can see every single movement on the site. So you, you don't see just the clicks. You can also see the, the mouse movement, what is entered into fields and all that. But we don't want to reach this 
point for podcasts, I guess, but a little bit more than what we have right now, because we already talked about that in, in previous episodes, that it's super bad. You even don't see the place, how many people played your episode. On the website, you always know if the JavaScript was loaded, the page was loaded, the image, the tracking image was loaded. There was at least a visitor and a person visited your website. With podcasts, you don't know that. You just see the download of the file and that's it. You don't know if the user played the song or it was just Spotify, which downloaded the file for their internal cache. So you don't have any visibility on that. Right. And this is mostly thanks to technical limitations that we have right now. So we don't execute JavaScript on the client side, which might be a good thing. We don't have the possibility to store cookies because clients don't accept them. And user identification is also pretty tricky. Okay, but Matthias, how does it work from a technical perspective at the moment to track users or downloads? Well, first we have to establish what a user is. So what is a user for you? <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is for me. It matters what it is for Spotify and Apple. So they have their own concept of a user, of course. They have a login and a user identifier, but we don't have that information outside of these bubbles. What we get is mostly an IP address, if we get lucky. And an IP address is an international standard to be identified on the web. But just in this moment when you download the podcast, right? So it can be another user one hour later, for example, because the IP was assigned to another person. Exactly, yeah. So IP address comes from internet protocol address, And the internet protocol is the underlying protocol for communications on networks. And your provider, your ISP, the internet service provider, decides which IP address you get. And this can change over time. Because IP addresses, at least back in the day of IP version 4, were quite limited. And so you had to share them across multiple users, which makes it incredibly hard to identify a user uniquely across multiple sessions. But even at this at the same time, it is difficult to attribute a download to a user because if you're in a household, for example, and there are five people, five mobile phones, and they all download an episode through their Wi-Fi router, they all have the same IP address. And if they have automated the download on their mobile phones, it can happen that five mobile phones download this great show this episode online at the same time and you just see one IP address downloading this file five times. Exactly. So this is where we enter the world of fingerprinting. What you do is you combine multiple factors in order to increase the certainty that it's the same user. You start with the IP address, but you don't end there. You add your browser or your client ID as well. So every browser has a user agent, for example. So you can combine the IP address and the browser. And that means even if you have two users in the same household accessing your podcast at the same time, if they don't use the same client, then you can identify them to some extent at least. But if they use the same client, the same podfetcher, so for example, all the people in one household use BucketCast, you just see BucketCast as a user agent, as the fetcher, And you have the same IP address as well. So even if you combine those two values, the IP address and the user agent, you see still the same user. And that is officially done at the moment. That's also defined by the IAB. That's an international standardization group. And they define how you should measure 
downloads and plays for podcasts. And that's exactly what they say. You have to combine the IP address and the user agent, so the, the name of the pod fetcher, maybe the version is also included, and together those two values define one user. If you consider a household of five people using the same mobile phone, the same app, which is which I guess is quite common because the people talk and then they might end up using the same pod fetcher, you just see one user, but in reality, there are five users. Wolfgang, do you know how we could solve that problem? I'm not sure if we can solve the problem, but one solution could be that the pod fetchers, for example, they add a unique number, for example, for every podcast and user. So at least one podcast host could see returning users. Is it the same user? Just by adding a unique identifier to the user agent, for example. So that would be one simple step to solve this. But of course, the pod fetchers have to implement that. And I think it's not in the interest of the user, at least of most users, because they don't want to be trackable, even if it's just for one podcast. So you're talking about something like a UUID version 4, which is at least to some extent unique across the network? Or would you use a simple count? Because a count is not unique over different platforms. Of course, it should be it should be unique, but it can be also a hash of the unique user ID, the, the email address of the user in the bot fetcher combined with the ID of the podcast, for example. So something that is more or less stable, right? Gotcha. It has to be stable, yeah. And it can be even just unique for one podcast, but at least then one podcast host can attribute the users and, and see who is returning, who is new. Is it the same user? Is it the same download? And then you have all this information. A user might be scared to share that information, and I can understand why, because it's another way of tracking people across different platforms. But it's not really across platforms or episodes, because you have a unique ID for every single episode in your bot fetcher. And it's not like in the browser where you visit tons of websites and then they can see where you go, what you buy. It's just that one podcast host can see if you're the same user who was there already one week before. And if you go to another podcast, you send them a different unique ID again. So if you just listen to two podcasts, even if it's hosted on the same platform, the platform doesn't know that you are listening to two podcasts. And that would be even a, a quite simple approach to solve this problem. But also, for example, in the settings, you could say, okay, I'm fine with sending my unique ID to one episode and have different unique IDs for every single podcast. Or it's also fine if I have a unique ID for all the podcasts because I want to get good recommendations, for example. So it can be a simple checkbox or radio button and then you as a user you can decide okay what do i want to send and that's super simple you don't need a protocol or something that is super complicated you can just add that in the user agent it's also supported by the user agent field because you can always add additional information to this field so it would be quite simple and easy and it would at the end be beneficial for the whole podcast ecosystem because you get better recommendations you can decide what you want to share and it's super simple to implement so it would work quite similarly to how youtube gives feedback to the video creators because if you leave a thumbs up or a thumbs down then this will reach the creators at some point and that's some very simple but positive feedback that you get 
exactly. I mean, it won't solve the whole problem of analytics because you still have the caching problem, what we explained in episode two, that Spotify caches a lot, for example. You still don't see the place. It's still a download. You don't see if a user really was listening to an episode, but at least it improves the situation already without adding a new protocol, a new huge big standard to the whole ecosystem. That's great because while you were explaining, I wondered how do you educate the listeners that this is happening? And then I thought, who solved that problem already? And it turns out YouTube did to some extent because by pressing the thumbs up button, you give consent that you want to share this information. You don't have to read a long privacy policy to understand what's going on there. And I mean, the, the bot fetchers can decide, right? The default setting is maybe off, but then you ask the user, do you want to send this information to the podcast host or to the podcast platforms? And then you have maybe just two or three options, some privacy options, and that's quite easy to implement, I would say, and would, would be beneficial for everyone, as I said. So that can definitely solve a problem. And what usually people forget that if you use, for example, Spotify or Apple, or Google Podcasts, you already sent all this information to the platforms. And there you don't know what Spotify is doing with that because they know everything in detail. They know when you played, when you pressed a button, when you skipped a part. So they know everything and you send way more information to, to those platforms. And with your bot fetcher apps, you could then decide what do I really want to send and how important is privacy for me? And I can define how much is really sent to the platforms or to the podcast host, to the creators of the content. As you can see, we had quite some thoughts about podcast metrics. And these are just the very beginnings. There's certainly more to come. And we will talk about that off and on again during the next couple episodes. The list is quite long, yes. <laughs> but Wolfgang, before we close, do you remember UTM tags? Of course, I use them every day. It's used in all the analytics platforms like Google Analytics or Matomo to attribute users or visitors to a campaign, to a marketing campaign, for example. And that you know, okay, this user is from a tweet. So you just add the parameter UTM campaign, Twitter, for example, and then you know the, the visitor reached your website through this, this campaign. Do you know where they come from? What do, you, what do you mean come from? I, I don't know. I, I learned about them when I used Google Analytics the first time, I guess. Because UTM stands for your gene tracking module and your gene software corporation was acquired by Google in 2005. So it was not invented by Google, you mean? Exactly. Urchin laid the groundwork for what we know as Google Analytics now. What is Urchin? Is, is it the name? Yeah, that's the name of the company, yeah. And they established this de facto standard for tracking that we still use today. Okay, and we want to do the same with podcasts, right? We just create something and then it's that cool that everybody will use it and then it's the de facto standard. That's the plan, <laughs> right? So we just copy the, the plan of the Eugene company from the 90s. <laughs> My hope is that we can avoid the same situation for the web. because To be acquired by Google, you mean? <laughs> Well, that would be the most positive benefit, but I guess for the entire podcast industry, it would be better to have an open standard because not many people will remember what UTM stands for in a few years, but we will probably have to stick with that now. So let's try to avoid this mistake and establish something that helps everyone. And exactly 
that's what we will try next week. And then we will tell you about the outcome in the next episode. Perfect. Sounds good. Then see you next week. Bye. See you.